We are on Ksubis Hey Amabez 5b, and the Gemara is now starting a new discussion, a discussion which will take uh, approximately a page and a half. Um, this is our two pages. Um, this is now a, we're sort of shifting gears here and discussing the laws of Shabbos. Uh, the laws of Shabbos, um, specifically with regards to getting married on Friday night, having sexual relations for the first time on Friday night. Uh, but just a little bit of a background before uh, we begin this section. We need to know a few things about Shabbos and also about general ideas about mitzvos. Um, so first about general uh, ideas with regards to mitzvos. Um, that's necessary, just by way of introduction, is when a person, or a veros or sins, uh, when a person violates something in the Torah, when they uh, commit a sin, so there's a discussion of how much intent is necessary for it to be uh, considered a violation on a biblical level, meaning as follows. What happens in a situation where your intention is to do something which is completely permissible? However, there is by a, by, by, uh, as a byproduct, uh, there's a chance that... Uh, at the same time, something which is not allowed would occur, but that's not your primary intent. It's not even your secondary intent. It's not your intent at all. You have no intention of committing the sin. It just happens to be a byproduct of the action which you are currently doing. So what would be a good example of this? So let's say, for example, in the times of the temple, <coughs> there were situations where you have to pour wine on the mizbeach, on the altar, uh, and so that's your intent. However, there's also a prohibition to extinguish the fire which is on the Mizbeach, which is on the altar. You're not allowed to extinguish the fire. Uh, so what happens in a situation where you're pouring the fire, sorry, pouring the water, and there's a chance that the fire is going to go out. So is that a problem? Is that not a problem if in the end of the day, the fire does go out? Now, if your intent is for the fire to go out, everybody is in agreement that that would be a problem. That would certainly be a problem. Uh, but if that's not your intention, your intention is just to pour the wine and uh, maybe the fire will extinguish, maybe it won't, but that's not your intention. So that is subject to debate. That is a dispute between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda. Uh, again, this has nothing to do with the laws of Shabbos. This is a, a general principle. Uh, according to Rabbi Shimon, that's allowed. You're allowed to do that because it doesn't necessarily have to be that the fire is extinguished. That doesn't automatically lead to that. Therefore, it is allowed. Rabbi Huda says, no. <coughs> Excuse me, it doesn't make a difference. In the end of the day, since you're doing one action, and there's a possibility that the other action will occur, and it's an action which is not allowed, that second action is an action which is not allowed, therefore, it is a violation. That's a prohibition. Um, it could be, according to some, that it's only a rabbinic prohibition. Uh, according to others, it's biblical, but it, it would still be a prohibition. Now, everybody is in agreement that if it will... Uh, for sure happen, if that which you're doing will for sure take place, that there's no question about it, that it will for sure happen, so then even Rabbi Shimon would agree that it is not allowed. He would agree that it's not allowed, that you cannot do that, because since we know with certainty that the second action will take place, let's say that the fire will become extinguished, so then even Rabbi Shimon would agree that that is totally not allowed. Uh, I guess uh, another example like this, which is which is a Shabbos example, would be, let's say, potentially an example like this, it might not have to be, but potentially an example would be opening the fridge because you want some food, 
You want to take out food from the fridge, but the light is going to go on. The light of the fridge will go on. So your intent and your action is opening the fridge. A byproduct of that is that the light will go on. The light will certainly go on. There's no questions about it. It happens automatically. It happens all the time, every time. And so therefore, uh, potentially that would be called uh, what's referred to as a psik reisha. It will automatically happen. So then even in that case, uh, Rabbi Shimon would agree that that is a prohibition. Okay, but that's not limited only to Shabbos. That's a general principle, interesting principle about, interesting dispute. But what happens if I intend to do action A, action B might occur, might not occur, so that is subject to debate. If it will for sure occur, if action B will for sure take place, so then everybody agrees that that is not allowed. Okay, that's part one of the introduction. Part two is to discuss the laws of Shabbos. Shabbos contains two parts to it. It contains positive mitzvot, positive commandments like Kiddush, uh, having meals, uh, and then it also contains a lot of uh, negative commandments of refraining from doing certain activities. It's a day of rest and refraining from do- doing certain activities. Uh, we are taught that there are 39 different categories of uh, activities which, uh, that, which we have to refrain from. Now, within each category, there are many, many laws uh, within each, uh, there's a uh, lots and lots to discuss in terms of that, uh, but there are 39 categories. Um, we will be discussing today uh, the situation where a person has sexual relations uh, with uh, somebody else, and it's their first time having sexual relations. As such, during that first time of having sexual relations, it's creating a situation where, uh, through the act of sexual relations, it is piercing the uh, the hymen. And which is going to lead to a potential violation of Shabbos. How will it lead to a potential violation of Shabbos? Well, uh, the Gemara will discuss this, but either it's a violation of causing blood to come out, if blood comes out, just like the, the, there's a prohibition to uh, cause blood on any other part of the body to come out. It would be a prohibition to, uh, you know, to floss if blood will come out as a result of that. That's a separate prohibition. What is the prohibition of that? What does it fall under? So that is not so simple. But we'll just give one approach, which is that there's a, pro- a separate prohibition of uh, removing life or the source of life on Shabbos. A separate prohibition for that, just like you cannot slaughter an animal on Shabbos. Uh, so too, you cannot remove blood on Shabbos. And it falls under that category. That's one of the 39 that would fall under that category. Uh, there's a separate prohibition which might occur, which is that through the, through the piercing of the hymen, you are now creating a whole in her body and doing such <coughs> excuse me doing such would lead to uh, probably the way Rashi understands this is probably a rabbinic prohibition of creating a hole which would fall under the category of building that uh, there's a prohibition one of the 39 uh, categories of prohibitive activity is building and there's a lot to discuss within building but part of it is also uh, creating holes or um, right, creating holes or, or, or allowing things to pass through. So in such a scenario, this would be per, probably a rabbinic prohibition of binyan, of building. Uh, so it, there, there is some prohibition. There would be potentially some prohibition here uh, when it comes to having sexual relations for the first time and piercing the hymen. Um, within the laws of Shabbos, Shabbos is unique in that the Torah says that it need, requires... Melechas Machsheves, it requires a constructive act. 
Now, it's hard to define exactly what this means, but it has to be a constructive act. It has to be purposeful. It has to be uh, productive. It has to be constructive. It has to be to fix something. It cannot be to destroy something. Um, so this is, it has to be a specific type of an action, which is, uh, which is what is pro- prohibited by Torah law. Uh, there are various ways in which it doesn't become a Torah prohibition because let's say it's destructive. We'll see that in our Gemara uh, in a few minutes. If it's something which is destructive, it's no longer a Torah prohibition. It potentially is a rabbinic prohibition, but it is not a Torah prohibition. Now it is also important to keep in mind, this is the last part of our introduction, that even within that, that, it, that for when it comes to the 39 prohibitive activities, it has to be constructive, it has to be purposeful, it has to be, uh, uh, it has to be, uh, with the proper intent. Uh, with, even within that, it could be that there are some exceptions to the rule. It could be that there are certain prohibitive activities which are by definition destructive. It could be by definition it's destructive. Um, and then as such, maybe, even if even if it's destructive, and even if you do things in not a non-constructive way, it would still be a Torah prohibition. So, for example, uh, in the category of uh, of killing, so let's discuss that for the category of killing and removing blood. That potentially is an act which is by definition destructive. As such, uh, any act uh, which would fall under that doesn't require malachas machshevus. It doesn't require constructive. Uh, a thoughtful, uh, a thoughtful act. Uh, it could be destructive, and it would still be a Torah prohibition. So again, quick review: uh, when it comes to all laws, not just Shabbos laws, there's a discussion. What happens if I do, intend to do one thing, and something else has the potential of happening, uh, which is which is a Torah prohibition? Is that allowed? Is that not allowed? That's subject to debate. And then we had within Shabbos, we mentioned how there are 39 categories of melacha of forbidden activity, and those 39. Uh, within that, there's a uh, potential that having uh, sexual relations for the first time and, and piercing the hymen would uh, fall under one or one or two or both of these uh, two of the 39, uh, i.e. either through building, by creating a hole, or by removing blood would be the other one. Uh, and then we also discussed the fact that it has to be a thoughtful, constructive act. And so therefore, if it's a destructive, maybe it's not a Torah prohibition. Maybe there's certain categories which would still be a Torah prohibition. Because it's by definition a destructive act. So, but with that introduction, let us now discuss the, uh, let us learn the Gemara. They ask the following question. Are you allowed to have sexual relations for the first time on Friday night, on Shabbos itself? What does it depend upon? Well, it depends on, upon a few things, but the first question that we, the Gemara asks is, How is the hymen, how do we view the hymen? Um, and specifically, with the blood that comes out, uh, the Gemara wants to know, probably on a conceptual level, not on a physical level, but on a conceptual level, do we view the blood as though it is removed from the body uh, already, or is it really interwoven and interconnected to the body, such that how would this make, make a difference? If it is separated from the body, so it's already basically Apart from the body, again, not on a physical level, but on a conceptual level, it's right like it's already out. So then for you to remove that blood would not necessarily be the Torah prohibition of removing blood because it's already separated. It's already separated. Or do we say that, no, it's it's still connected to the body, and therefore to remove that blood would be equivalent to removing any other blood from the body, which would be a 
Torah prohibition. So we first have to ask conceptually, how do we understand uh, this blood that's coming out? And so the Gemara now says as follows, If you're going to tell me that the blood is really separated, and so therefore, so what what is the mindset of 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 a person here when he's having sexual relations at this at this point in time is the reason what is their goal if their goal is to remove the blood why would that be a goal to remove the blood because they want to make sure that she's a virgin uh, as we've discussed in the past to make it, why do they want to make sure that she's a virgin to make sure that she didn't commit adultery let's say um, so or they want to remove all of it just so that it's it's cleaner in the future Whatever the reason is, it could be that he has intent that he wants to remove all the blood now. Um, and if that's his intent, well, maybe this act should be permissible. Why? Because we view the blood, according to this approach, we view the blood as sort of separated from the rest of the body. So to remove that blood would not be a prohibition. That would be perfectly fine. Or do we say that no? Maybe his intent is not about removing the blood. Maybe his intent is to remove the hymen so that uh, he's creating a Pesach. He's creating a hole. And why does he want to create a hole? So let's say because this will allow for uh, uh, a, a, an easier time to uh, have the ability to fulfill the mitzvah of pruavu, of having children in the future. And so therefore maybe that is his intent. Uh, we will see a third intent in a few minutes. But that third intent is probably the most obvious, which is that he doesn't have intent for either of those two. His intent is just to have uh, sexual relations. And that's his intent. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. But if his intent is to create a hole, so then that should be a prohibition. His intent is to, is to create a hole. That would be a let's say a rabbinic prohibition of building because you're creating a hole, and so that would be not allowed. Uh, so which so which one is it? What what do people have in mind? So the Gemara wants to know. The Gemara is not going to an- answer this. They're just asking uh, different uh, different factors to keep in mind. They're, they're they're informing us of different factors to keep in mind. Um, sorry. The Gemara says, even if your intention is for the blood, and we mentioned that in this stage of the Gemara, we, we conceptually view the blood as though it's separated from the body, and therefore if your intent is for the blood, it would be a permissible act. Well, that's not so simple, as we mentioned in the introduction. If, as uh, a byproduct of that, it could also have the potential to cause an opening... So then, that's subject to debate. Rabbi Shimon says that if, if it's only just a potential, so then it should be permissible. But Rabbi Huda says that that would still be a problem, even if it's not your intent. But the fact is that there's a chance that it will lead to some sort of opening, which is a prohibition of building on Shabbos, or rabbinic prohibition of building on Shabbos. So then Rabbi Huda would say that that's not allowed. Even if your intent is really just for the blood, but it still wouldn't be allowed because there's a chance that it will cause an opening. And even if you want to take the approach of Rabbi Yehuda to say that there's a problem here, because uh, in the end of the day, there's a chance that it will lead to a prohibition of creating a hole. But still, that's not so simple. There's another thing to keep in mind, which is the fact that it's destructive. This is not a constructive act of building. This is really destructive. This is a destructive act. Uh, this is uh, about breaking apart, and this is a destructive act. It's not a constructive act. And so be- because it's a destructive act, and because this is also not your your primary intent, uh, your primary intent is for the blood, according to this approach, 
so therefore, because of the two combined, and perhaps also maybe because this is a mitzvah, we have various factors here. So therefore, it should really be permissible. So again, just to review, all this is all within one approach. We're trying to understand, is it permissible or not permissible to do this on Shabbos? Well, first of all, you have to understand conceptually, how do we view this blood? How do we view the hymen? Is it viewed as separated from the body or or, or interwoven and together with the body. If it's separated from the body and you want it for blood, you're doing this act to, to remove all the blood, so then it should be permissible. But then we say, but if it was, it was for the opening, it would be a prohibition. But then we said, even if your intention is to remove all the blood, uh, so then even so, uh, maybe it's still a prohibition because a byproduct is that you create an opening. And even so, maybe it's still allowed because it's destructive. So there's a lot of factors to keep in mind uh, when it comes to the laws of Shabbos. And the Gemara doesn't answer this. The Gemara is just presenting all the different factors. And now the Gemara says, Ikadamri, another version. Maybe we could understand this differently, a different version. That what? Let's say we conceptually view the blood as though it's, it's really part of the body. It's, it's all together with the body. <coughs> and therefore, therefore what? Therefore, even if your intent is for, to remove all the blood, you want to remove all the blood, let's say so that it's cleaner the next time. So your intent is to remove all the blood. Uh, so then that would certainly be a prohibition. That would be a prohibition of removing the blood because we now view this conceptually as part of the body. You're now removing it from the body. Or do we say that, no, a new factor. Maybe you're not thinking about any of this. You're not thinking about the hole that's being created. You're not thinking about the blood that's coming out. You're just thinking about your own personal benefit from this act. The fact that you want to engage in this act. And that's all, that's all you're thinking about. So then it, maybe it should be permissible. Because you're not really focused, you're not intent, your intention has nothing to do with uh, the removal of the blood. Well, the Gemara says the same thing that we had before. Well, this now leads us back to uh, the dispute about what happens if I intend to do Act A. Act B might happen, it might not happen. What I'm doing, my intention is for Act A, my intention is for my own personal pleasure. As a byproduct, the blood might come out. And if the blood comes out, then that would be that would be a problem. Well, that depends on the dispute between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda. That's a dispute as to whether or not that is a problem. My intention is for something which is permissible, and there's a chance that something that the, that something which is not allowed will occur. That's subject to that's su- subject to dispute. Bintim Tilomar Halachik Rabbi Huda Mekagel B'Chabur Musagim B'Chabur. And even if you want to say like Rabbi Huda that this would, would be a problem, well, hold on. Is this constructive or is it destructive? The act of uh, removal of the blood. Maybe that is destructive and therefore it should be allowed. Well, there's one last factor here that wasn't mentioned in the first version. Again, this is a second version. And within the first version, it was assuming that the blood is separated from the body. According to the second version, it's really integrated within the body. And therefore, if your intent is to remove the blood, that would be a Torah prohibition. But even if it's destructive, in Tzalom or Mekalka B'chabura, who? B'mekalka, B'mekalka, even if it's destructive and you want to tell me it's permissible because it's destructive, well, slow down. What's the prohibition here? The prohibition here is to remove blood. Removing blood, which is falls under the category, one of the 39 is shechita, uh, it's to, to kill. And removal of the blood is a, is a partial, we, we view the blood as a, as a life force, and so therefore it's, a, it's removing that. Uh, well, because it's a, it's a malacha, it's a prohibitive act which is defined as destructive, so then even though you're doing something which is destructive now, it would still be a Torah prohibition, potentially. 
or maybe not, maybe not, maybe it's, there's still an exemption here. So that's a, that's a, a final factor to consider. So within the second version, we said that if your intent is for the blood, then in this second version, that's a problem. Because this second version is assuming the blood is interwoven within the body as opposed to the first version. Well, if your intention is really just for your own personal pleasure, well, this gets back to the our discussion. Is uh, is it a prohibition? Is it a problem if you're intending to do one thing which is permissible and something else which is not allowed has a chance of happening? Or another factor to consider is that this is a destructive act. Do we even care that it's a destructive act? Because the act in general is an act of chavala, of wounding, of removing blood, which is always destructive. It's by definition destructive. So maybe... Doing a destructive act on something which is by definition destructive is not allowed even on a biblical level. Uh, so these are all different factors to, to take into account as to whether or not is this allowed or is this not allowed on Friday night. Because we had the Bryce earlier, the way we came on to all of this is because the Bryce earlier mentioned that you're not allowed to have sexual relations for the first time on Friday night. This is the reason why. And the Gemara wants to know, is this really a valid reason or not? There's, there's various reasons to assume and to say that this is permissible. So is this allowed? Is this not allowed? So the Gemara presents these all as questions with all the different factors that are involved. In the next recording, we'll begin Davav, page 6, which will get into different opinions. Is it allowed? Is it not allowed? Who says what? And further analysis within this topic.